morning, First Free Will. Yeah, what, a, what a blessing to, to be with you today, and, and we, we thank you for being the church and for including the, including the Gideon ministry uh, in your service today. And I, I certainly appreciate Brother Aaron and his, um, his willingness and his help to, to get me here this morning and uh, setting this up for us. But uh, let me begin by telling you about Mary Kay Beard. Mary Kay w was incarcerated in, in a prison over here in Alabama. And one morning she was pacing back and forth in her cell and, and reflecting back on her life that had, had brought her to that, to that place, to that point, thinking about where she grew up, that her mother had taken her to church every Sunday, and yet her, her dad, unfortunately, abused her through the rest of the week. And this was to the extent that she left home at a very early age. But she was a pretty bright young woman. She went out and uh, finished her high school education. She, she went on to college and got a four-year degree in nursing. So her life at that point was, you know, if you looked at it, you would think it, it's looking, looking pretty good. You know, she... Uh, had a future set before her, and uh, but then she met this man, and he uh, uh, he came across as as being pretty pretty well off. You know, he uh, seemed to seemed to have a lot of resources. Uh, he said he was a uh, <clears throat> he was an investor, and anyway, this this relationship kind of grew pretty fast, and and. They wound up getting married. And only for Mary Kay only to find out not too far down the road from that that this, this gentleman was not really an investor, as he said he was. But it turns out he was a bank robber. And, uh, and this relationship propelled Mary Kay into a life of crime that, uh, that escalated to the, to the point that she wound up on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. She was a, she had become an expert safe cracker. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, there were warrants for arrest in four different states. But as she, uh, <clears throat> as she was uh, pacing back and forth in that cell that morning, you know, she looked over and she knew, knew that there had been a Gideon Bible up there on her on her rack, but she never had opened it, never had even looked at it. But she went over and she picked it up and uh, she began to she began to just kind of open it and, and fumble through the pages, kind of like that, you know. And uh, and she, all of a sudden, God's word drew her attention to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. And, you know, that was the only thing she just for some reason uh, focused on that. And it said, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Mary Kay, <clears throat> she began to, to really consider the verses that she had just read after that, and, and, and her thinking was like this. She thought, well, he removes my, my stony heart. He causes me to walk in his ways, and he puts a new heart in me. This is just her thought process. 
He does it. It isn't up to me. At this time, God brought to her mind scriptures she had learned as a child. Uh, like Romans, uh, Romans 10, 9 says uh, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. She, she remembered that. She had memorized it as a child. And, uh, uh, you know, she, she read some, she drew up some other scriptures from her memory and and uh, uh, and finally she Philippians 2.13 for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure uh, so is, is these is God brought these verses through her her mind and he had touched her heart that morning and all of this process caused her to kneel on that on that cold uh, concrete floor that morning and she asked Jesus Christ into her heart as her Lord and Savior now <clears throat> you know if you think about what all how she'd been living and what she'd been through up to that point she didn't immediately just become a, a, a person that, that knew how to reach out and care for people and that kind of thing but, but God's uh, God's word was getting in her, and, and it was prompting her. And she, uh, she had been, uh, uh, she had done much to hurt relationships there in the prison since she had been there because of her. Uh, she had uh, because of her attitude, really. She she felt she kind of felt like she was she because of her education and everything she was above the other inmates. And uh, she didn't smoke, she didn't drink, she didn't use drugs, she, she didn't use profanity. Uh, but she belittled those around her. She was judgmental, sarcastic, and the other inmates thought her to be moon, rude, and, and hateful. But God led her at that point to begin to seek forgiveness right there in the prison. And, uh, and she began to go to the other inmates and, and began to... Uh, excuse me, began to uh, ask God to help her in those relationships. And she, uh, th this, this escalated to the point that the chaplain in the prison asked her to, to come and, and start helping him. And she got involved with the chaplain. But then she also started a, a ministry right there in the prison where she started reaching out to the families of the inmates and uh, <clears throat> this this was just the beginning of a lifetime of service to the Lord that, that Mary Kay entered into many of you ever heard of the angel tree ministry it's a worldwide ministry Mary Kay became the founder of the angel tree ministry some of you might remember a name Chuck Colson Chuck Coson had founded a ministry called Prison Fellowship. He heard about what Mary Kay was doing, and he went down there to Alabama where she was in prison and uh, met with her and found out what more details of what she was doing in this. And this would lead to them becoming associated in Prison Fellowship, and they took this Angel Tree ministry around the world. 
they traveled together and uh, and it, it became quite a thing. Uh, my wife and I were attending a conference out at Saddleback Church in California a number of years ago. And Mary Kay gave her testimony there that morning. And uh, uh, and we happened to bump into her at the coffee sh- at the coffee place, you know, after afterwards, and began to share with each other. And at the time, I was I was involved in a full time prison ministry, <clears throat> and uh, she was right over here in Birmingham, and uh, that's where her ministry was headquartered. And she found out what I was doing, and she said, "Can I come over and?" And, uh, and minister with you some and, and help you. And she came over and, and uh, went into the prisons with me and and uh, she even helped me with a fundraiser that we had to, to raise raise money for it. But uh, uh, that was uh, the beginning of a, of a real close friendship and relationship with a lady that truly had her had her life changed and turned around because of the power that comes from the from the distribution of God's holy word. So again, let me express to you, the church, uh, our, our appreciation. Without the church, there is no Gideon ministry. Uh, Gideons are a missionary arm of the church. So some may say, maybe you're not familiar too much with Gideons. Uh, we're 290,000 men and women in over 200 countries where over 2 billion scriptures were distributed to date. And we do this one, one objective, and that's to introduce people to Jesus Christ through the distribution of his word. And this, this is done in hotels, hospitals, schools, prisons, uh, military, fire, and police departments, as, as well as other venues as, as they become available. And we do this just one one scripture at a time. Uh, it's not like we ship out a bunch of Bibles to one location and, and, and they use them. We, we go out and, and distribute them one at a time. But we need more help, and we're asking God to call men as Gideons and, and women as wives as auxiliary. Isaiah 6.8 said, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. And then uh, what happens? Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Maria Balins in Bogota, Colombia, had all she could take. Her son Orlando had started using drugs, and he joined a gang. And he began to he, he began to bring some of these gang members home. And uh, she reached the most difficult decision she'd ever made in her life. Uh, she told uh, Orlando that he had to he had to he had to get out and don't come back. And uh, he was out uh, with the other gang members one morning, and the Gideons happened to be in that area handing out testaments. And uh, uh, Orlando took one, but the reason he took it wasn't exactly what the Gideons intended. He took the little uh, little testament, and uh, he started tearing these little thin pages out one at a time and rolling his marijuana cigarettes. 
And uh, <clears throat> he must have done a lot of smoking because he got all the way over to Revelations. And uh, he got over there and uh, <clears throat> Revelation 20:15 said, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. When he read that, he became kind of concerned. And uh, he wanted to find out what that meant. And he didn't really know a pastor, but he had a friend that knew a pastor. So the two of them went and talked to this pastor. And the good news was that this pastor led these two young men to the Lord that day and uh, to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And, and today, Orlando is a pastor in Bogota, Colombia, uh, as a result of the turnaround that, that God did in his life. Bob Stevens was a member of our per, uh, of our Gideon uh, organization here locally, and uh, he uh, we we used to go over here to CMCF prison uh, about once every two weeks or so, and uh, right over here in Pearl, and and uh, we hadn't been able to get in there in the last since COVID, but uh, <clears throat> um, but uh, one of the one of the nights when there was a group of Gideons over there, the Gideons would go in and they would go down through the different cell blocks and, and they would drop off and minister at those cell blocks as they, as they went over. Well, that night, Bob was the last one. He was walking a little slower. He was a little older than the other Gideons, I think. And, and he got down to this place where he kind of, kind of turned and had to go to the right a little bit. And as he did that, he looked up and there was a, there was a big sign in front of the cell that said, Suicide Watch. <clears throat> Suicide Watch. And he looked over in there, and, and there was a young man laying on the floor in there, and, and he looked a little closer, and he, he looked almost like a, a pile of mud is the way he described him because he was so dirty. Uh, he obviously had not taken care of himself in a long time. and You know, his clothes were filthy, and... Uh, his face and his hair, uh, everything was just kind of a kind of a mess. So Bob walked up to the to the uh, to the cell and, and called out to him. He said, "He said, sir, sir, may I may I hand you a copy of God's word tonight?" No response. Sir, sir, may I hand you a copy of God's word tonight? No response. He went on this quite a few times and uh, uh, and no response. And he turned to walk away. And as he, and as he turned to walk away, <clears throat> God prompted him, uh, you've you got to get that, that little Bible into that inmate. And so he turned around and he went back over there and he stood back in front of that door again. And he took that little <clears throat> testament and opened it up like that. <clears throat> and he took it. He tried to he tried to slide it up under that door, you know, way down at the bottom, and, he, and and it got stuck about halfway through there. And he backed up and he kicked it. And when he kicked it, it, it shot across there and hit the young man in the backside. No response. Still no response. So Bob turned and turned to walk away, and uh, <clears throat> and he, uh, he 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 left that night. But a couple weeks later, he was back in there. Same same deal. He was walking slower than the other guys, and he, 
he got to that last cell again. But he, he looked up, and the suicide watch sign was gone. And, and he looked in there, and, and uh, the young man was sitting up in a chair. And he was, he was sitting there, and he was smiling. And his, and his hair was combed. His, he was clean. His, his clothes were clean. I mean, he looked like a, he looked like a totally different person. And, uh, and he looked up, and he saw Bob, and he said, Sir, are you, are you the gentleman that, that brought this little Bible to me a couple of weeks ago? And he said, Yes, sir. Yeah, I left that here for you. <clears throat> he said, I want to thank you. He said, I want to thank you because I, I had lost all hope. I had lost all hope. I didn't know where to turn. And I picked up that Bible, and I, I read in there that, uh, that God loved me. And I read in there that, that I could be saved and have eternal life. And he said, and I looked over there in and, and, and the back of that little Bible, and it, told, it talks about God's love and, and that, that all are sinners and fall short of the glory of God, and that all may be saved now. And I read that, and it told me exactly what I needed to do in there to be saved, and I did that. And I believed that Jesus Christ came into my heart that night and saved me, and that I have eternal life now uh, because of my, my new relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that's just a... Uh, Another example of the power when God's word is distributed, and the power that comes from it. Uh, Sarah McCullough grew up in a Muslim home out there in California, but her, her religion had left her had left her discouraged and hopeless, and she was getting no answers at the mosque. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Finally, she cried out to God, If you're there, if you're really there, please come to me and help me. I don't know where to turn. She was attending junior college at the time, and the next day she was on her way to class, and, and the Gideons were uh, uh, hanging out testaments that day, and she, her, th her thinking was that she would just tell the Gideons she didn't, you know, she didn't want to take the testament because she was... Her religion was different. But she knew that that would create a, probably a conversation, so she was running kind of late. So she went ahead and took the testament and just stuck it in her backpack and forgot about it, at least temporarily. Um, but her friend Chris was a Christian, and they were talking one day, and uh, Chris had been reaching out to her, ministering to her, and... Uh, he read this to her one day, John 14, 6, where it says, No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. And when, when he read that to her, she became very offended because every, that, that meant everything she had been taught about religion was a lie. And, uh, <clears throat> and so, so she left, and, and, but, she went, but then when she left, she remembered... She had put that little Bible in her backpack. And she took it out, and she was reading the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 43 says, He who has ears, let him hear. And she said, as she read that, she immediately thought God was saying to her, 
Listen, Sarah, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. And uh, shortly after that, uh, Chris and another friend of, of Sarah's led her to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And today, uh, Chris is a pastor out there in California, and uh, uh, and they and Sarah had married Chris at some point, and uh, so there there again uh, another example of, of the power of the distribution of God's word. But you may be saying, okay, I've got it. Uh, Billy, but how, how can I help? <clears throat> well, the most important thing we ask church members to do is to pray for pray for the Gideons, pray for the Gideons, because prayer is the most powerful powerful thing that, that we can ask you to do, and it helps the most. You can join us. Acts one eight says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem." Uh, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then, of course, we, we need financial support. Uh, and there are two ways to financially support the Gideons. One is through the, through the Gideon card program. And uh, there's, uh, we have uh, different cards for different situations or reasons that you would use a card for. And one, one would be in memory if, if you lost a loved one. Uh, or, or someone that uh, that you knew well, and, and uh, then there's uh, so you got in memory or in sympathy. Uh, maybe you know someone that you wanted to recognize, something like a gra someone graduated from college or high school or something. You wanted to send an in recognition of your achievement card, and maybe it's just somebody's just been on your heart. You've been thinking about them. You hadn't talked to them in a while, and you'd like to just touch base with them somehow they're thinking of you cards for that situation and then there's maybe you've got some cards you're already using that you don't want to change you can get inserts to go in those cards and and dedicate bibles uh, as a result of of that contact so uh so there's different ways that uh, uh you can support the gideon's uh, financially, um, the uh, other way, of course, uh, is to help us pay for these scriptures. Uh, they're distributed in schools, medical facilities, military, prisons, hotels, and other venues. And uh, a case of these would run about $150. Uh, 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 one testament's a dollar and sixty cents. So you know, we uh, we would we would gladly accept. Any, any way that uh, you could help financially. Because see, without the help of the church, we can't distribute scriptures. And um, <clears throat> also, if, if, if anyone was unprepared today or if someone's not here, we've left some, uh, uh, insert, some little pamphlets back there in the back that has information on how you can, how you can help the Gideons in there. So... Uh, <clears throat> Homer Pierce uh, was a fellow Gideon here in Rankin County. He was, he's another one that's gone on to be with the Lord now. But a few years ago, he was ministering over here in the in the Rankin County Jail. And uh, one Sunday morning, he met a young man whose name was Mikel Dominguez. Uh, Mikel lived in Cuba with his wife and children. 
but he was having trouble supporting his family. And he, he got an opportunity to come, come to the United States and work. And after he got over here and after he'd been here a short time, he, he got in some trouble. He uh, <clears throat> got in some trouble with drugs. But uh, he got arrested and he was in, in jail over there. And Homer was in there one day ministering to the inmates and he gave him a Gideon Testament. Uh, the only only problem was Mikhail didn't speak English. Uh, so he was back in there a couple weeks later. Well, he brought him a Spanish version. Well, Mikhail took the Spanish version and the English version, and he learned how to speak English uh, using using those two little Bibles. But the good news is, guess what? He got saved in that process. Now. Uh, Mikhail, uh, when he got out of jail, visited our Gideon camp right here in Pearl one day and uh, <clears throat> shared his testimony with us. And, and then he, uh, he got really interested and kept coming to our meetings. And guess what? Today, uh, Mikhail is a Gideon. And not only is he a Gideon, uh, he has been used to speak internationally uh, with the Gideons because of his because of his testimony and how it came about. So, um, John five twenty four says, "Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life." So, Mary Kay. Orlando, the suicide watch inmate, Sarah, Beth, and Mikhail have all passed from death into life because God's word was distributed. Will you prayerfully consider helping the Gideons today, or when you can? And thank you for, uh, thank you, brother, uh, for having me, and and uh, such a blessing to to be here to represent the Gideons today. Appreciate that. Thankful and hear these good testimonies, and we know that God's word is powerful. That scripture says, God's word is powerful, more powerful than a two-edged sword. Uh, and God uses His word um, to change hearts and change lives. Um, it is unlike any other book uh, in the world, uh, and we, as God's people, should be very appreciative that we have God's word uh, that can understand and can can hear God speak to, through that and through prayer. And so we want to help the Gideon ministry. We want to be sure that we help in our part of uh, their work in distributing uh, Bibles. Um, and I don't know if Brother Billy mentioned, but not just in English and Spanish, but in many different languages around the, and have uh, Bible distribution around the world in, in different countries. And I know when I was in the Ukraine, I saw some Gideon Bibles and of course, I didn't know what it said, but I knew it was Gideon because of the little flame on the front of it but, uh, and, and knew what it was. And so a lot of different languages, uh, a lot of different places where they distribute God's word. So uh, we're going to receive an offering. Our esters are going to come. So if you want to come play something on the piano.
Um, she wasn't prepared for that. I sprung that on her. But, uh, the ushers are going to come. If you want to write a check, you can make it out to the church. Um, of course, we take cash, too. Uh, and you can also give online. Um, and like I said, if you didn't come prepared today, there are some envelopes out there uh, in the brochure. That you, so, uh, Brother George, should you ask God's blessing on the offering for us, please?